You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Diabetes Discourse, sponsored by Novo Nordisk, a world leader in diabetes care. Here's your host, Dr. Stephen Edelman, founder and director of Taking Control of Your Diabetes, clinical professor of medicine, Division of Endocrinology and Metabolism, University of California, San Diego, and San Diego Veterans Administration Healthcare System. Why is it important for healthcare professionals trained in conventional Western medicine to become familiar with complementary and alternative therapies to help their patients living with diabetes? Joining us to discuss the benefits of integrative medicine in the management of patients with diabetes is the founder and medical director of Scripps Center for Integrative Medicine at Scripps Health in La Jolla, California, Dr. Mimi Guarneri. Dr. Guarneri, welcome to ReachMD. Oh, it's great to be here. Thank you. Tell us a one-liner about your background, which is so interesting. I used to be putting in stents and all this stuff, and then you got into integrative medicine. And then I, then we want to hear what the heck is integrative medicine. Okay. Well, uh, in the 1990s, I was very enthralled with placing stents in arteries, and so I became an interventional cardiologist, which means I spent my day uh, placing uh, stents. Uh, that's all I did. And one of the uh, things we do uh, when we are doing procedures like that is we're very proud of the volume and, uh, of procedures we do. And at that time, I was putting in about 700 stents a year, and I didn't have time to do much else. And I then became very fascinated uh, with the concept of uh, turning off the faucet, if you might. What can we do to actually prevent cardiovascular disease? Because as I was placing stents, I would see the same patients over and over again. And so I began to do some research in the early days with Dr. Dean Ornish uh, that involved very, very sick patients with heart disease, people that were not considered candidates for stenting at the time or for bypass. And I was amazed as I watched the improvement in the patients through lifestyle change. I mean, I could not believe not only the weight loss, the reduction in hemoglobin A1Cs, the improvement in lipids, but a 90% reduction in chest pain syndrome. And I thought, why should we have to make a choice between lifestyle change and a surgery? Integrative medicine is more than just lifestyle. It's a philosophy to begin with. This is the way I think about it. I think about, for example, food as information. I think that thoughts can affect our physiology and our biology. I think that early detection uh, is actually the best intervention. Let's get to something before someone has a major event, uh, and that we can totally uh, reduce our risk factors uh, through lifestyle change. So who we are as human beings is really, uh, and how we live our lives, is really important when we're looking at people with the prevention of a chronic disease or who have a chronic disease. How does that play into integrative medicine for patients who may be depressed or have other emotional issues? Well, you know, when I was trained as a cardiologist, uh, I was trained to treat a symptom. So someone would have high blood pressure, I would give a pill. Someone would have diabetes, I would give a pill. And it's what I affectionately call the ill-to-the-pill training. And the medications and surgeries are great for acute care but they cannot be extended to chronic disease management. Chronic disease management requires its own model. And to me, it's a model that's much more encompassing. It's what is going on with this person physically. Uh, what do I mean by that? Are they sleeping at night? Are they breathing clean air? What are their micronutrients, their macronutrients? Are they exercising? Are they, are they supported in their community? What is their purpose in life? All of these things. 
What goes into your physical body? What goes into your emotional body? And that's where your anger, your, your stress, your depression, all of those pieces come in. And then, of course, on a much deeper level, where are you at spiritually? What is your purpose in life? And so on. So I stopped just looking at the cholesterol level or the, just the, the blood sugar level. I put all of that in the context of who is this human being in terms of them personally, their family, their world, and their environment, and then taking a much more global perspective of what we can do to modify risk. Let's just say a a centrally obese type 2 patient with poorly controlled, you know, glucose, blood pressure, cholesterol comes into your center at Scripps. Tell us what happens to that patient. Well, before anyone comes into Scripps Center for Integrative Medicine for what's usually a one-hour consultation with a physician and a one-hour consultation with a nutritionist, they fill out a series of questionnaires uh, that can range from anything from a three-day food diary in preparation to meet with a nutritionist to answering questions that revolve around stress, anger, social isolation, depression, pain, and so on. And then they would sit with a physician like myself, a cardiologist. Usually I see a lot of people with diabetes because of the associated risk of heart disease. And we would look at this person globally. So, yes, I may decide that if their A1C is up, uh, the perspective I would take is, okay, this is the diet. You're going to be on a low glycemic index diet. And we don't just say go on a low glycemic index diet. We teach people with handouts, with a nutritionist, with instruction on how to do this. We then find out where is this person out with a commitment toward exercise. Most of my patients will leave with a pedometer on their belt. This is how you use it. These are the goals we're setting for you. If they need a more formal uh, exercise program, we have a whole fitness facility that they would be referred to, including the opportunity to do monitored exercise. We also are looking at where are they at in terms of depression, anger, and stress. Why is it important? Stress raises cortisol. Cortisol raises blood sugar. So if we're not addressing the underlying anger, hostility, stress, which is raising cortisol, putting weight on the midline, raising blood sugar, causing inflammation, we're missing a big piece of the puzzle. So that person will then uh, perhaps be referred to our mindfulness-based stress reduction program, or they may be referred to our three-month lifestyle change program, or to individual, or to yoga classes, meditation classes. We have to find out where someone is, where are they at, and what kind, where are they on this spectrum ready for change. And so when someone leaves our clinic, it's not just with a list of medications. It may be a list of medicine, a list of supplements. They're leaving with a nutrition program. They're leaving with exercise program. And we are assessing where they are at emotionally and mentally uh, and designing a program and making specific recommendations to address those issues. Sign me up. Hey, if you're just joining us, uh, you're listening to Diabetes Discourse on ReachMD XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I am Dr. Stephen Edelman. I'm speaking with Dr. Mimi Guaneri. We are discussing the benefits of integrative medicine in the management of patients with diabetes. You know, Mimi, uh, since type 2 diabetes is such a lifestyle condition, I mean, this, this integrative model makes so much sense. When someone comes down with LDLs of 160 and A1C is extremely high, you guys don't avoid traditional Western medicine. It's a combination. Integrative medicine is the best of both worlds. We have the opportunity to use the best of medications 
And the more lifestyle change you make, you will need less medicine. And we also have the opportunity to use supplements that can make a huge difference. And we know how to use them. This is not just going to your health food store and buying everything on the shelf. This is using supplements in an evidence-based manner. Uh, And I think it's kind of silly, Steve, when people say to me, well, I take Lipitor, but last night I had pork ribs, or I take Lipitor and I had three steaks this week. People really need to understand that the more that they can do, the more they get out of the Lifestyle Change Program. And that's the piece uh, that my goal is to give people the information and to empower them to say, I'm taking responsibility for my health and I'm going to make these changes that lead toward health. I know there's a long laundry list of vitamins and supplements, but if we can focus in on those for diabetes, give us the, fir- the few top three that, that you think are the most important and, and why. Well, uh, just again, I want to set one preference. I go to nutrition and exercise first, uh, low glycemic index diet, number one. And then if someone says, well, you know, what, what are the supplements I'm reaching for? Uh, the omega-3s, which most of the view- listeners know are your fish oils and including pharmaceutical-grade fish oil, which we now have, uh, which clearly has been shown to lower triglycerides. Uh, we know that many of our diabetic patients uh, have low HDL, have high triglycerides. If we can get those triglycerides down with diet and exercise and omega-3, then we know the HDL will go up. Weight loss will lead to the HDL going up. So it's a full package. So that's one of my first uh, supplements that I like to use. Mm -hmm. I also use an Ayurvedic uh, supplement, uh, fenugreek, periodically, uh, which can lower blood sugar and has to be used cautiously in those patients that are already on uh, oral uh, anti-hypoglycemic medications. So, because you're lowering blood sugar that much more. Now, Mimi, um, you you mentioned fenugreek. I've seen that all over the place. Is it a pill? Yes, it's in it's in, it can be in the form of a pill, and there's one company that has it in the form of a powder. Uh, but it actually has some good research behind it, and it's one to consider uh, for lowering blood sugar. Uh, we know that if we need to raise HDL and lower uh, triglycerides, niacin is tried and true in this arena, and we can go safely up to at least 2,000 milligrams monitored uh, without hurting the hemoglobin A1Cs and the blood sugar. Uh, the only caveat to niacin that I pay a lot of attention to is people that have a history of peptic ulcer disease, people that have a history of gout. Uh, these are two things that uh, we need to not liberally give niacin without knowing that the gout is completely controlled and the uric acid is down and peptic ulcer disease, if it's active, I don't use niacin. And we have to monitor uh, the liver function test. What should a, a healthcare provider know and what could they do in a busy, overloaded practice with managed care breathing down their backs, giving them eight minutes per patient? Uh, one of the things to, to consider doing is to run groups and run groups uh, to teach diabetic patients nutrition. Uh, that would be the first. The other is to have some good handouts uh, where you can actually, um, I, I have a handout of the glycemic index, and it has three categories. It's very straightforward. It says good, moderate, please avoid. And people, if they stick in the good column, they're not going to eat anything that's high on the glycemic index. And it's nice to be able to explain that to the patient 
so that they can then walk away uh, with this handout and say, okay, I know that now I have to eat, you know, fiber one and not Cheerios, or I have to have brown rice and not white rice. Very practical information right there that you can hand someone. Uh, you can... Um, I find it's pretty easy when I give a patient a pedometer. You can hand it to the patient and say, okay, your goal is 10,000 steps a day. And then for those physicians that are really busy, the liberal use of referrals, uh, if you have a diabetes center, if you have diabetes educators, nutritionists, and so on, get the patients there. I'd like to thank our guest, founder and medical director of Scripps Center for Integrative Medicine at Scripps Health in La Jolla, California, Dr. Mimi Guarneri. Dr. Guarneri, thank you so much for spending time with us on Diabetes Discourse. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to Diabetes Discourse, sponsored by Novo Nordisk, a world leader in diabetes care. To learn more about diabetes and the role of GLP-1, visit novomedlink.com forward slash DIA. For more details on the interviews and conversations in this week's show, or to download the segment, visit us at reachmd.com. Daddy, what are you reading? I'm reading about something called GLP-1. Is it a robot? No. (laughs) GLP-1 is a natural hormone that helps regulate glucose metabolism. Its multiple actions are critical to glucose control. Huh? Okay. Well, GLP-1 works in a glucose-dependent manner. It stimulates the beta cells in your pancreas to secrete insulin and inhibit the liver from releasing excessive glucose by reducing glucagon secretion from alpha cells. It also helps regulate food ingestion by slowing gastric emptying in your stomach here (laughs) and making you feel full. Like at Thanksgiving? Yes. Um, I don't get it. Is it important? Well, GLP-1 is important because it impacts the multiple systems affected by diabetes. It also plays a significant role in protecting beta cells, a key to slowing diabetes progression. Unfortunately, many people with type 2 diabetes have impaired GLP-1 secretion and impaired beta cell response to GLP-1. Like Grandpa? Yes. And like many of my type 2 diabetes patients. That's why I want to make sure I'm looking at the whole picture in diabetes. Sustained control of A1C is important, but we can't stop there. It's important to look at weight, cardiovascular risk, and beta cell dysfunction. Impaired GLP-1 physiology is also a part of the problem, and the multiple actions of GLP-1 throughout the body are critical. So, the GLP-1 robot will help you see the whole picture. (laughs) Yes, I guess, in a way, it will. Novo Nordisk is a world leader in diabetes care and is dedicated to ongoing research. To learn more about GLP-1 and the role it plays in diabetes, please visit novomedlink.com slash DIA.